2: A feminist that works for a nonprofit is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Michael Croston is the founder of the Heart Hunting Method. Heart stands for Hunt and Release Technique. Yes, you heard that correctly. Heart hunting doesn't kill any animal. It takes a picture of your kill, it has a blank for a gun, it even has a string for the bow, heart, archery, I think it's called, that makes it almost realistic to you pulling the trigger and releasing the arrow. But you never actually kill an animal. You get all of the same feelings, you get all of the same elements tied to the hunt, up until the moment in which you take the animal's life. Yes it's absolutely a fascinating conversation that challenges the status quo of quote-unquote the definition of hunting in that it involves killing which is what we typically say if you're not going to go kill something you're just going for a hike but according to Mike you're still hunting so give it a listen If you have any questions, I want to hear from you. DM us, email us at info at bloodorigins.com, or you can text us at 620-860-4804. Let me know what you think about heart hunting. Do you prefer Mike or Michael? Ah, Mike's good. Yeah. Mike's good? You never know, right? My brother's a Michael, but he's never been called Mike. He's a Mikey. Is that
1: right?
2: Yeah, he's a Mikey to me. (laughs) So let me start with, I'll just start with the hardest question. Yeah. Okay. Just do it. Is it hunting if you don't kill anything? Well, you know what? Um,
1: It's killing when you kill something. It's hunting all the way up to that point. So, um, so it is hunting for sure.
2: Uh, Is it a hundredth of a second? Is it a fraction of a thousandth of a second?
1: What is it? It's not even time. To me, it's like there's no difference except nothing comes out the end of the barrel. And, uh, you know, I took a lot of time. That is a
2: ludicrous statement. Nothing comes out the end of the barrel. (laughs) How is
1: that hunting, Mike? Well, I I tell you, up to the point where you pull the trigger, everything's the same. And I've kind of tried to make sure of that um, and, and not sugarcoat anything to where um, I'm make-believing it's the same. But uh, 100 heart shots later and, and the feeling's still the same, everything's still the same. Um, but it's not harvesting, for sure. You're not full harvesting an no, animal. No, you're not killing an animal. That's let's, right. Let's
2: be PC about this. Harvesting sure. is taking the meat, right? Killing is yep. taking the life.
1: Yeah, correct, correct. So you're not doing that, um, and that's you know that's the biggest difference between between what uh, I'm trying to do and and what I've done in the past.
2: So let's uh let's introduce everyone to you since everyone's now super intrigued that you're hunting without killing anything, purposely not killing anything, purposely not sending a bullet downrange. So Michael Croston, welcome to the Blood Origins Podcast, where we really, really enjoy these kinds of conversations.
1: Yeah, no, I was, uh, you're the first guy I really wanted to talk to about this uh, on a a big scale, because I knew you'd be fair, and I knew you'd ask the tough questions and not be um, scared to do so. So I'm pretty excited about this conversation, and hopefully I can do it justice. It's it's a pretty deep subject, and I want to make sure I cover it uh, correctly, so. So go ahead and introduce yourself and introduce this thing that you have created. So I'm Mike Croston. I'm a rancher by trade, um, but grew up love loving hunting. Um, and you know my backstory is a long backstory, so I don't want to get into to all that. But grew up loving hunting, and I quit for about ten years for various reasons, and uh, wasn't going to return to the sport. Um, but why did you my- quit? You um, said many reasons. Yeah, many reasons. You know, I I hunted a lot. And, and in my job uh, managing a ranch and running cattle, I hunted with a lot of people. And you could say I got burned out, of it, but it wasn't that. Um, Were you guiding people? It, kind of. Uh, my deal was to just hunt with them. It was more hunting okay. with them, not guiding, because okay. it was on a okay. ranch. So if they'd come out, um, you know, I'd I'd go hunting with them. So I did that a lot I hunted, you know, six months out of the year sometimes and then and, and working cattle and, and I wasn't really burned out on hunting, but we had meat in the freezer. I didn't really hang trophies on a wall. I had enough antlers that I'd harvested and, and found. And, and so I was just at that point where I couldn't go out and kill something when I didn't need it. So, and I didn't need, I didn't need the meat and I didn't need anything hanging on the wall. So ten years, uh, I didn't do it, and I lost something there. Um,
2: had you relegated hunting to just that though? Had you relegated hunting to just meat in the freezer and trophies on the wall in that no, time frame?
1: No, I, I I relegated hunting to where uh, towards the end, where I before I quit, I would go out. I'd have an hour or so be- between what I had to do that day, and I'd go out really early in the morning, and I'd sneak up close to big China elk and. Awesome mule deer, and I would just pull the trigger on a blank, uh, an empty chamber, and then walk, walk back, and just let let the animal go. I didn't have time to to process it. I didn't need the meat, like I say, and I and I really didn't want the trophy hanging on the wall. So, uh, what caused I, you to do that, though? Why, why even go with the
2: like? Why did you put a blank in, or did you not even have a blank? It was just mainly a just a dry just, fire,
1: right? Just dry fire. Yep, that's correct. Uh I love the hunt. I love, I love the the being up there out in the morning, getting up early and and the sun's rising and you're down in there and the the mist coming off the the river and there's the elk standing there and and he doesn't even know you're there and you see how close you can get. It's 30 yards, it's 25 yards, it's 20 yards. I mean, that's, that's the process. That's the, that's the enjoyment that I get out of hunting and have so um, all my life. There's, very few opportunities where I took and, and, and truly harvested an animal, um, that I didn't need, you know, I always harvested something I, I needed college, you know, you know, hunting whitetails was, was just substance. It was, that was what got me through school as uh-huh. far as, um, that was my meat, you know, so I've, I've harvested plenty of animals, um, to know what that's all about. And, and. You know, towards the end there, when I quit, it was just I just did not, I could not pull the trigger on because there was no need for me to to pull the trigger with the live round. Mm. It's an interesting paradox
2: when you say specifically the word need. That need, hunting has a need to it, and you've you've expressed two of them specifically: meat on the freezer, and I don't want to sugarcoat it. Some needs are to put trophies on the wall.
1: That's that's the name of the game on, on some people's book, correct?
2: Yeah, and other people's needs are adventure. Some people's needs are pushing your limits mentally, physically. Some people's needs are, as we're probably going to explore, that... That's something, there's something about that moment when you pull the trigger. And I think every hunter experiences it and I don't care who you are. When you pull the trigger, whether it's a minuscule thousandth of a second or whether or not you go into five to 10 minutes of retrospective sort of, um, reflection. Okay. There's always a sadness involved. There's always this reflection involved. And um, I think my grandfather wrote a letter to me once that said, if you don't have that, and I think a lot of macho people will say, I don't, I don't get, you know, I don't get sad. I think if you push yourself, I think for whatever it is, that's why I said for a thousandth of a second, there is that slight tinge of remorse.
1: There has that, to be. I mean, the game is
2: over or the game is over, right? The, the, yeah. the, the, hunt is final. The climax has
1: come. The it, work begins. And sometimes people like that work part, right?
2: The, yeah. The, and I don't
1: think that's the remorse you feel on those deals, that minuscule remorse, uh, or there is that one, one second after the shot and, and the animal goes down that there is just uh, it's a different feeling. And, and until you've har- harvested something, you don't, you really can't explain that feeling. Um, mm-hmm. but on the heart side of it, there's a totally different feeling and it can't be explained either until you do it. And so there are, so 10 years
2: go by 10 years I'm, go I'm by. I'm, I'm, I'm delaying this whole heart thing. purposely
1: right. Now. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. Um, ten years I want to go context, by. um, it was in Montana. We ranched in Montana and we moved to Missouri. 10 years go by, it's a little bit, uh, not easier down here, but there's, you can run more cattle per acre. So you're, you're a smaller operation. So you have, have more time. Mm-hmm. So I had more time and I, I said, you know, I just need to get back into hunting. And so I did go out and, and I took my daughter and, and we um, harvested a deer and that was good. But then they kind of fell out, you know, they, they're kids and they're girls and they've got other things they want to do. and and then, so it was just me and, and, uh, I wanted to hunt. I wanted to hunt, but again, the need for meat and the need for a trophy wasn't there, so I had to figure something else out. And
2: so you figured out this, so talk me through this first, like, brainstorm that was this idea of heart. And let's that's for everyone's edification, just go ahead and give us the what the
1: acronym stands for. So it's hunt it's and not release hard.
2: T- Yeah, go ahead, sorry.
1: Hunt and release technique. So H A R T. H A R T. And H A R T like the uh European stag, you know, a heart. Um mm-hmm. so I need to figure something out. I need to figure a way to not be invasive to the animal and, and its surroundings, but still have it to be 100% the hunt, 100% the true feeling. And so I went through a process and I, and and I had to try everything and um, ended up on just a blank. And how that came about, um, I've got a vaccine gun or a, a treating gun for foot rot mm-hmm. and cattle, mm-hmm. and it runs off a of blank. Uh, 22 blank, and mm-hmm. just one day I, I, I thought, you know, I, I'd love to get back to my roots of where I started, squirrel hunting. And a light, little light went off, and I says, Well, I just put a 22 blank in this 22, and I'm just gonna go hunting, like I would for squirrel, um, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I did, and and pulled the trigger on four or five squirrels, had a good walkabout and a good hunt. And, you know, first hour, we have tons of squirrels first hour, there was no squirrels. So it was just like, you know, you go out and they know, they know you're there with a gun and they go hide or something. So, but that hunt was, it, it was, it felt the same, you know, it was just a squirrel hunt, but it felt the same. It it relaxed me, got my mind right. And and that's why I kind of like hunting is I can get away from, Mm. from what I've got going on for, for an hour. Mm -hmm. And, and you, you put your total mind into that situation where you're on the hunt, you're, you're sneaking, you're stalking, sitting still, looking, um, you, you get into that to where it's, that's all you're thinking about. You don't think about anything else. And that for me is my therapy, I guess, um, my relaxation, and then it's back, you know, hour, then I'm back to it. And
2: so from that early two, two sort of give us the progression because. I'm going to have a lot of questions tied to the actual mechanism itself. So I know that you've progressed beyond just a two-two blank, right? So why don't
1: you give us that progression? So on all these, all these hunts, even in the beginning, when it, I'd go down to the the river and 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 drop a dry fire on an elk, you come back and say, "Oh, I, you know, it was a three hundred and sixty elk. I could have got him, but you have no proof. You don't have that um, that that animal to bring back and show, so I started looking around and googling um, scope cameras. And of course, there was various models out there of, of ones that uh, like ATN and 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 whatnot that are the full scope. But I didn't want to modify my guns; they all had scopes on them. Um, then I found a Tacticam setup, which was fits on your scope, works with a mirror system, and and then you can put the camera in that system and record the shot which will record the crosshairs which can then record if you were on the vitals when you pull the trigger so i went through that and i figured you know i'm going to need a way to end the hunt um could be the release part of it because you can go in there and you can hunt and then you can back out of there but there was no release there was no finalization of that hunt um, was it still going on was it did you just mm-hmm. back out of there mm-hmm. so i came up i said there's got to be blanks out there and lo and behold there's blanks for every caliber out there so got a 243 with the scope and uh put the tacticam on and i said it was deer season and i said you know what This is it. This is, it's gotta be exactly hundred percent same, uh, same feeling. I've got to get in adrenaline. I've got to get buck fever. And, uh, so I went out with that setup and, uh, basically didn't know this deer was out there and it was a big eight and I was sitting behind some hay bales and I was just about ready to leave. Like you do, oh, there's nothing here you know, in your mind, you stay one more minute. Okay. You stay a minute and you get about ready to get up and stay one more minute. You know, it's just getting dark and, and up this eight comes and he's sniffing on a doe and he comes right by the hay bales. And it was, it was, my heart was pounding. I had the rest of the gun on the hay bales because my heart was pounding and, and made the heart shot and he flinched, looked at me, went back to chasing the doe and then finally went back to grazing. And I watched them until the sun went down and backed out of there. And so hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just get something clear. How did the deer flinch? Okay, so all these animals have a reaction at the noise. Um, they go down, and it's kind of that natural bowstring flinch. Mm-hmm. They go mm-hmm. down, they jump like two jumps, and then kind of look to see. They They can't really pinpoint where that sound comes from because it's – I call it non-directional because it must just poof mm-hmm. and kind of go through the air. Um, so they go down and then they go about their business. Uh, a lot of times they don't even flinch. I mean, mm-hmm. the wind's blowing at you. They don't even really know what's mm-hmm. going on. But uh, mm-hmm.
2: So your rifle is set up now. It's You've got a scope. You've got a camera tied
1: to it. You've got... It's your two forty three, is what you're saying, right? Two forty three. Uh, that's not two forty three. Yep, yep. You can put it on anything you want. Uh, any any scope set up. I've got camera systems now that go on open sights on the bows, um, and you can adjust the reticle to sight into your bow or sight into that open sight. So you can put it on anything. The blanks are for any, any gun, but at any moment you can. Well, you couldn't switch put it on and, a bow because you can't drive fire a bow. So I came up with a, it's called a heart string, which catches your bow at um, about quarter, the quarter of the way of the release, catches it, creates a snap. And on the camera, that snap is where the uh, reticle or the crosshairs are at the time of release. So, and I just got back from Africa. We did a, a Nyala first heart uh, tree, um, heart shot. So it was, You know, it was probably twenty-five yards um, released. But so
2: here's my biggest question with all this.
1: Yeah.
2: How do you know? How do you know
1: that you actually would have killed that animal? So I I think about that, and you know, if you know your weapon, and and I and I say this, you've got to be, you have to be shooting your bow. You have to be shooting. The weapon. I mean, you, you, this is what I, it's kind of designed for is to help people get into the sport. Um, but you've got to be familiar with it and, and understand its limitations and, and where that animal needs to be hit for uh, a quick, clean, quick kill, right? So if my crosshairs are, you know, if I'm at 50 yards or 100 yards, my crosshairs are on the shoulder um, and I'm shooting the 243. That should be a clean, quick kill mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think as i as I examine under a um a full harvest situation a a kill situation, that if you're not sure that your two forty three on the shoulder will kill the animal, then you probably shouldn't pull the trigger mm-hmm. and so that's how I correlate the crosshairs being on the vitals mm-hmm. and pulling the trigger. You know, to me, though,
2: there's it's that good. thing, there's that thing that is, and maybe it's a satisfaction of marksmanship, right? That is, that's tied to the hunter as well, which is, I knew, I, I know I did it. I know I practiced enough. I know I was good enough. I know that the animal didn't suffer. There's that element to it. There's also the element that I know I've done a great shot and it runs off and I have a blood trail. That is also something that's incredibly intriguing right incredibly primal to to look out after your prey. those two things you're you're getting denied by the heart system
1: but the heart the heart system is a choice to not do those because you don't need to do those at any time you can slip a live round in when you need to do that and experience that um, so I, ne- I say it's not it's not instead of it's never instead of it's in addition to. It's for the no person. I like that I like that a lot. it's not instead of it's in it's addition to always in addition to and this 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 is to get people back into hunting the quit like me and to get people started that might not, and it gives them an option where there was no option before it was kill the animal or not kill the animal or not do it now there's an option to hunt to experience the hunt, which to me is. From the very beginning when you decide where you want to go or what you want to do to the end when you pull the trigger. And and you're and then that's a personal decision of what comes out the end of the mm-hmm. rifle at that point. Mm-hmm. So
2: You know, it's it's an interesting I I'm I'm not skeptical. That's not what I am here. Um I'm curious, number one. And I wanna be honest also. Yeah. In that, I've had many scenarios, and I think a lot of people listening to this that hunt a lot, specifically whitetail, are in the same boat as what I'm about to say. You've slipped out for a hunt. Four o'clock, you got home from work, you slipped out, 4.30. It's like five, you've got about an hour and 15, hour 20 minutes before dark. 15 minutes before dark, a doe steps out. You put your gun up, you line it up, you're like, and you don't pull the trigger because you're like, oh, I don't want to deal with all this. I don't want to deal with the, the, the drama. I don't want to deal with the animal, find the animal, gut the animal, deal with it tonight. I'd rather just go home. There's going to be dinner waiting, you know, put the kids to bed, kiss the wife. Good night. Watch a movie. It happens. It's happened to me lots and lots and lots of times. Yeah. Now, if I had the heart system, in that moment, I could have pulled the trigger. Correct. And quote unquote, felt good. You know, maybe I decided to dry fire, you know, to practice and feel like, you know, and maybe the, maybe the heart system does give me that intermediary between just dry firing and actually killing and, and the work starting essentially. Um, it's intriguing. It is an intriguing idea that is breaking the mold, <laughs> you know, of the definition of what hunting is. You know, I always say that the definition of hunting is chase and pursuit and inherently built into the definition is failure. And I don't know, I'll I'll quickly do a Google search whilst we're talking here, but I don't think that there, I don't think killing is involved in the definition of hunting. Here's the definition, the activity of hunting wild animals or game, especially for food or sport. A simple system on, that's not, um, pursuit of game, simple definition of hunting, Hunting is the chasing. This one says the hunting is the, here's the definition. Hunting is the chasing and killing of wild animals by people or other animals for food or as a sport. Deer hunting was banned in Scotland in 1959. I can see how that definition fits. Hunting is the chasing and killing because, well, maybe, I, maybe it's, again, this, you're testing boundaries here, right? Hunting well, is, is it, is it hiking? If you don't kill something, no, it you is know that's true. What...
1: And and I don't. I guess the whole act of what heart is. Um, I don't want to get hung up on a word. if it's not the definition of hunt, then that's okay. Um, the mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. The experience is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. And it and it allows for that that whole experience. So, yeah, I think in the end, the, the true definition of hunt ends with the. Killing individual capturing of, of what you're chasing for sure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Webster. But all right, so let's talk about Africa. I want to know, I want to,
2: you know, if you're okay with talking about specifics, Africa, when you go hunt in Africa, it's typically a a day rate. So those that are listening to this don't, if you, if you ever hunted Africa, the way that Africa works is that you pay a day rate to go hunting. $200, $300, $700, whatever it is, right? And you get a PH, you get a professional hunter with you for that day rate. Above and beyond the day rate are your trophy fees. And your trophy fees are tied to the animals that you want to take. So, in the heart system, and I don't know, you know, you just went and hunted with, who did you hunt with in
1: Eastern Cape? I was down with uh, Rudy Rudolph down there at, uh, well, I was hunting through, this is Africa Safaris. Uh, okay. So okay. I, that I would assume if I was an
2: outfitter, I'm like, this guy's taking up the same amount of time that a normal hunter would take. He says he doesn't want to kill anything. So I'm actually holding my economic asset that I can sell again. Correct. So you may get a discount on the trophy fee because you're actually not killing it. Or you may not actually have a trophy fee, but I, I, I,
1: that would be a tough one. So last year I did the first the first safari with Heinrich at uh, This Is Africa Safaris. And of course he thought it was a joke and all this, and but we, he made the trip happen. And we went over there and we did uh, 22 animals and, and had a great time. And he did some and he had a great time with the heart system. And it was compared to what that would have cost with the 22 animals and trophy fees. It was just a fraction of the cost. So basically it was going off the daily rate and then what he needed to be, uh, to run a profitable business on his Mm -hmm. end. Mm -hmm. And we were just kind of filling in um, some lodging that was open on this one. It was 21 days and we did 39 animals and uh, 29 species or 30 species. And so there's a little more involved in it. So it was a little more expensive, but mm-hmm. still a fraction of the cost of what a um, full harvest uh, trip would be. So they work off the daily rates and they work off what they need um, for their time, knowing that they've still got that animal to, uh, to sell as a trophy fee in the future. So it worked out well. Um, we're kind of working out the details on the daily rates and kind of an a la carte system to where a person can specify which animals they want to go after at a certain rate, knowing that certain animals take a little more time and uh, resources to put together.
2: What about the guy, and maybe you all this guy, I haven't asked the question, did you want any of the trophies? Like, if you're like, that's a monster Nyala, I'm not killing it, but jeez, I could have. And I'd love to see it on the wall because of Doug Cockcroft that connected us.
1: Yes. You know, so, has,
2: is starting to think through the idea of replicas and the idea of, I can build you whatever you if you, but how do you get
1: in those measurements is essentially the, the, the big question here. So when when I started this, there was there's a couple different trophy options you can go for, and in the beginning, um the painting of of your exact animal was the one that everybody seemed to really like. so mm-hmm. where you can get it commissioned, get a painting of it. There's a lot of different options. A cheap option is to this just this is from the camera, right? This is the image from the camera. so you'll have image from the camera correct, or you could just get it printed off on you know the canvas at at your local box store right and hang it on your wall so that's that's the very least and then we we have eco trophies to where we buy old trophies from people's collections and try to match them up to what that animal was and what i'm finding is that they match up pretty good to what's out there but what about that one that's just off the wall crazy big you know that you really want so that was the that was the ticket that was the the thing that there was the missing piece until I met Doug, is like he started talking about what he can do with replicas and, and what he's doing now and it just it was like boom, there it is. That's that's the piece of it to get the exact replica of your animal or or pretty darn close. Um so how would he do it? Is he just going to use proportions based on the image? So he's he's scanning um all animals that come through and, and get replicas made so he has that he's going to have that database to mm-hmm. where he's going to have he'll have measurements and we'll be able to kind of match up between the ones he has scanned and the measurements of your animal and and get kind of a pretty close replica of of that animal in whatever scale you want um which is pretty cool he's got to where you can get a little small miniature um european mount to a replica of a um, full size um, European balance. So that was, you know, and he has replicas of all all the animals and, and rhinos and elephants and tusks, and he can do all that. But at the end of the day, the, the options within the system are really whatever you you want it to be. And and a lot of people do they they like the painting because they can, you know, that's something that um, it's going to be exact to theirs and kind of a one of a kind um, that we mm-hmm. would have that painting. And it's mm-hmm. easier. To, Easier to clean, easier to hang on the wall, more accepted by some spouses and and whatnot. So, but I really liked what what Doug's doing as far as just an incredible, incredible vision to what he has for the future um, mm-hmm. tax, of taxidermy.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I I think in that scenario, the South African scenario, there's I think that there's money baked in. I don't know this for certain, but I'm pretty sure that there's money baked into the animals themselves. Right? So, cause I know for certain that if you go to Africa, if I go to Africa and I'm only buying two animals, okay. And I, and I'm hunting for seven days, the owner wants me to hunt more. He yeah. wants me to kill more animals because he gets more money. Let's yes. be honest. It's probably a, a markup 50% markup, whatever it is in your scenario though. How does that work? Because are you that's where the cost benefit analysis is going to have
1: to lie with these outfits, specifically in
2: Africa. It is,
1: and and it's again, it's an addition to and not instead. So, if they want an additional revenue stream and they've got some time, it's a spot where they can fill in. Um, like I would not have gone to Africa without Harding, um, my buddy, the two buddies that went went previous. And this time I took another friend with me, they would not have gone. Um, so there's people that's three people that came over that would not have gone. And we filled in some slots uh, at these places and they were happy to have us. And, and I said, shoot us the price that makes sense or we won't, we won't do it. Um, and they did, they said, mm-hmm. this is what we need. And, and that's what I want. I want it to be, I want this system to be, um, in addition to some people's operations to where they can fill in slots between their full harvest, their guided stuff Mm -hmm. and cover some, uh, cover some costs with the money. I mean, it's money. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's as long as their time's available and they want to spend the time doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know going over there, you're gonna, you're gonna kill something. Um, you can't see a big kudu and and not turn to the pH and be like, well, how much is that? So Mm -hmm. it's almost, it's almost advertising that they, they're mm-hmm. getting paid for mm-hmm. um, and who knows people might come back and and do a full harvest hunt well harvest. i
2: can again i again i can see someone you know doesn't have a lot of 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 means but wants to go to africa and says okay i'm going to hunt with these guys seven days and it comes with three animals impala blue wildebeest Bless buck stock standard or whatever And they get those first three in the first two days, but they really don't have enough money to buy any more animals, but they could shoot a Buffalo that would cost typically $15,000 because they're there for a thousand with the heart system and get the adrenaline of getting up close and personal with that animal.
1: Correct and also you have to remember if if somebody just doesn't want to come over and get trophies because for some reason they don't have the means to have you know because once you once they're down it's still more cost, right it's still more cost to get it shipped over it's still more cost show, for the tax and you got to have room to put all that stuff so it's also bringing people over that that aren't um aren't so much the money of the hunt, it's after the hunt that that sort of money. Um, so you're bringing them over and then they can hunt the five days or the seven days and they can have that one or two that they can bring home and not shoot them the first day. And then what are you going to do the next
2: six days? Mm-hmm. Um, what did Doug say to it? Cause I would have said, you know, I know Doug thinks outside the
1: box, but you're essentially cutting off his business. Well, hopefully the replica business was what was, I, I was excited about, um, But it's really not because it's, again, it's in addition to it's. We're not replacing full harvest hunters with a bunch of hard hunters. We're taking people that are never going to do it and letting them do it. We're taking people that quit doing it and bringing them back. We're taking people that don't even know it's out there and maybe want to do it and take them and say, here's a slow way to get into this. Let's feel it out. And then you make the decision how far you want to take it, and it's like my friend. I took the first time. He's the same age as me. We grew up together. He's a, he's from Pittsburgh, city guy, and he and he he's hunted with me maybe one time as a kid, and we were hunting rabbits, and he was the dog. I think we 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 put orange all over him and sent him in the brush. So he we went this time, and we taught him everything. It was about gun safety and how you hunt and three or four days of him snapping twigs and being loud and, and wearing a white shirt and you know all these things that you got to teach people and then six day six we we introduce him to um, shooting the gun and then day seven we give him a, a chance at it and he gut shoots it and he misses the one right in the heart system he didn't literally gut shoot but on the camera he did not make a very good shot he couldn't get steady so we taught him about that and by the end of the hunt, he hearted three or four things and made great shots on them from the standpoint of the crosshair. And so I says, "Okay, let's get some meat for camp. Let's get a blue wildebeest. I'm gonna let you full harvest him." He says, "I love this hunting thing, but I don't have the desire to kill an animal." And I said, "Okay, well I'll do it." And he says, "Yes, I want to eat it. I want to see it. I want to. I want to experience that. I want to know how." Right, it's all right, that. right. He says, "But I do not want to do it." And and I said okay, uh, so I did full harvested blue wildebeest, and we ate it, and he loved it, and and got the full experience of it. But it's not to change full harvest hunters and hard hunters. It's it's in addition to. And my hope is for this to be an op to bring opportunity. Um, one of my hopes is that it brings opportunity for private landowners that that don't want full harvest on their place for whatever reason. They don't want the liability. They don't want you know, the people shooting their water tanks or the, maybe shooting their horses or, you know, you know all that stuff that kind of comes with it every once in a while. That they open up their place to hunting and let people that are looking for a place to hunt the opportunity to just get out and and practice and, and being an outdoorsman and and experience the hunt and then being able to take that further. Because one of the biggest things is is not being able to find a place when you're brand new hunter you're all excited um you've got the training do a great job of recruitment but not being having the opportunity to to hunt in in a kind of a controlled environment your first three four five six hunts um a lot of these um public land hunts are just logistically daunting for a a first-time hunter to go out um to, in the back country and, and hunt elk and, or, and the whitetails, you know, it's, it's hard to find a whitetail spot to hunt in a lot of places. So my goal is, and my hope is that this is, this creates opportunity um, to open up new hunters and hunters that want to come back for a place to hunt, a way to hunt. Um, and just get have back thought into
2: about? Have you thought about, because I could see one of the things that maybe. A negative would be the fact that you don't get that recoil in the gun itself. Is there a way to, and obviously there's different calibers, right? Like I don't shoot a 243. Um, so I've, I shoot a 270 when I go to Africa, I'm going to shoot, you know, if I want to go dangerous game hunting, I want to shoot a 375 or a 416 Rigby and you know, when you shoot those big guns, they go big boom and they have a big feel to you, right? And your shoulder hurts. Um, Is there any, have you thought about the engineering tied to the blank itself and how you can include that extra sensory element to it?
1: Yeah. But what I'm finding is as a training tool that um, with the blank, you become a better shot. And so when you Put the live round in. No, 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 no. Now
2: you've introduced something completely different to me. And I was going to, I was actually saving this question for last, but I'll just, I'll, I'll I'll say. So is heart actually hunting or is heart only practicing? Because you just Um, told me it's
1: training. It's, it's training. Um, So if you're a boxer and you're training, is it not boxing when you're training? Is it or is it? No, because you're not in it? a match. So you're not boxing, what are you? You're practicing boxing, so you're practicing boxing. hmm So you're practicing hunting. There is in
2: <laughs> When you are practicing boxing, you are not you're not going full out, right? You're not not trying to knock the guy out in front of you. There is something that's being held back. The same thing as practicing hunting. You're just, there's, there's something that you're being held, you're holding something back. This, this so, is
1: true. This is 100% true. And there's no argument that you're holding back the kill and you're holding back the bullet. Um, that it's 100% true. So I guess you could see it both ways then.
0: It both could ways. be
2: practice to someone. It could be a technique to get better at practicing hunting. It could be a technique that someone uses because that's the way they like to hunt. Or that, as you say, is an addition, is a, is an, is an additional weapon
1: now in their arsenal to hunt. Correct. Uh, it's an addition to. So it can be a training aid. It can be an aid to keep you in shape, in hunting shape, Um, because after being out of it, yeah, there's a couple things that I had forgot that I had to get back into hunting um, shape with my technique and with with my mind. And and so it keeps you in that hunting shape, or it can be just what you want to do. Um, It could be what you choose to go out and do. Um, until you need to kill an animal. now i'm not I'm not worried about what we call it or or how it's um, the semantics of it. Uh, I'm worry about I worry about the process of it, getting people out. Um, because the benefits of starting at a and going to Z of the hunt are, are just so many. Mm. And that's why I love it. There's just so many along the way that if you classify the hunt as, as the deer or the elk dropping, you've missed out on everything else Mm -hmm. that really, really classifies that as, as the hunt. Totally agree. Totally agree. Thousand percent agree. So it's, to me, it's about opportunity um, and, and about what you can do with it. From the beginning stages or even the end stages of a person's hunting career, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to convince anybody to to not harvest. I, I love full harvest. I just don't. I can't. I can't justify it in, in my life right now. And I know that there just can't. I can't be the only one. Um, but I'm not here to change anybody from full harvest to to heart. That that's that's not the goal. And and it's, it's probably opposite. It's to to take that. And to be able to change people from heart to uh, full harvest. I, I'll give you another story. It's just a, an example of a choice. of. of I, I trained my buddy in college to be a hunter because I was bringing all the deer in for us to live. And one day he comes to me he says, i really like to help out and I'd really like to harvest a deer. So trained him up on the gun. We bought him a gun. We shot. I told him how we hunt. And finally the day was there. And we went hunting and he was excited. I was excited. I mean, we were, we worked all the time. We never got to have fun together. This, we were having fun together and there was a doe and I says, okay, take the doe. And he shoots the doe and, and pretty much like everybody's first time, I think the shot was high and he spined it uh, and the doe let out a, a miserable yell. And he turned to me and he says, I don't like that. And that was it. That was it. That was, I've never hunted with him again. We've never hunted. Mm -hmm. And I just think with this system, I could have been, look, you can at least hunt with me. You can heart and I'll take care of the rest. Um, But let's, let's hunt together. And Mm -hmm. we never got to do it again. Um, Mm -hmm. Because that was it. There was no other choice. It was to go out again and and kill something or not do it at all. And he chose Mm -hmm. to not do it at all. So... Mm -hmm. And that's, that's stuck with me on, on this, giving you giving a choice of what you want to do. So if people have listened to this podcast, we've, time flies when
2: you're having fun, 45 minutes already. Yeah. Um, and they're interested. They're like, this is very, very intriguing.
1: Where can people find more information about heart hunting? So. Everything you know need to know is on bigheartadventures.com. I build a website, and that website is just for information, and it, it posts my hunts so you can see what it's all about, and it tells everything you need to know about it, and it has links to YouTube for uh, instructional videos on all the equipment, and we'll be adding some uh, the trigger cam here that we found in South Africa. We'll be adding that. That's the site for the information. Now, if you want to go on hard hunts. HeartHunts.com is where we list our, our hunts. And Right now we've got African hunts and we're trying to add more hunts, but that's going to be the site where you can find hard hunts to go on um, in the heart vein. So, but, but www.BigHeartAdventures.com that's the site that will tell you just everything about it. And, and I just want, I just want it to be known that, you know, I'm going on these hunts to prove this up and I really don't, my goal is not for me to just keep hunting and hard hunting. I want to hunt for sure, but I really, you know, my goal is to, to if this is something that's, that's going to work, that it'll help people get into the sport. It'll help bring so, people back in the sport. So. so clarify
2: that last statement for me. I don't want to keep hard
1: hunting. I want to actually go hunting. Yeah, I actually I want to go hunting, and for me, hunting is from the moment I plan something and start training for that, and look forward to that, and then fly there or drive there and get out and set up camp and all this stuff, and finally get to where the point I'm at the animal and make the heart shot. That is hunting, and I can turn around and say I accomplished that, what I wanted to do, and that is hunting to me. Got it. Got it. Uh, Michael
2: Crosson, it's probably not the last time that we'll have you on the podcast, um, uh, but I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I know that uh, a lot of people are going to be talking a lot about this because it challenges this, essentially the status quo of um, of what people
1: assume, maybe wrongly, maybe correctly, hunting to be. I think uh, there's a lot more conversation to be had. It's a lot deeper than what 49 minutes would allow us to get into. Um, So I hope that the listeners, they don't take this as all the information that's out there because, you know, 49 minutes, this, this takes four or five hours, you know, four or five hours a meal (laughs) to really get, and then probably going out and showing you Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's just, 49 minutes can't do what, what this is about. Um, justice and it doesn't for anybody it just i can't explain it to anybody until i show them and so absolutely but i appreciate you we appreciate you
2: mike much appreciate you yeah well that's it for today i appreciate you listening as always leave a review share it with your friends and most importantly do what's right to convey the truth around hunting